Good morning, everyone. We're so glad you joined us today online from living room to living room. We miss you all so very much. I think we're proving in these days, not just in theory, but in reality, what it really means to be the church, not just go to church, but be the church. Nevertheless, we'll be so happy to see each other in person when this madness is all over. A week or so before we realized that our entire world was going to change, we as a pastoral team had received a conviction that we needed to put aside a week of prayer and fasting. We requested that as a fellowship we would gather together and pray for our nation and also pray that the Lord would come and baptize us with His fresh fire to further reach those who have not as yet come into relationship with Him. During one of those corporate times, a gentleman in our fellowship came to me and said, I feel the Lord is saying He's saving the best until the last. I felt the impetus of those words at the time and still do. So I'm going to speak to you today for just a few minutes on the account of Jesus changing water into wine. You can read that account in John 2 verses 1 to 11, so you can reference it later. The first miracle that Jesus did happened at a wedding. Jesus and his mother and disciples were invited guests among many others. Weddings are joyous occasions, aren't they? Yet we're hearing at this time of many couples having to postpone their wedding dates due to COVID-19. How terribly devastating that must be for them. Many are getting married anyway in their living room. It's incredible how important the living room has become in these days. Even in this wedding that we're talking about, we see that a major catastrophe has unfolded. They had run out of celebratory wine, and if not rectified, would have caused huge embarrassment and shame for the family, which would be talked and gossiped about for many years after the event. But Mary decided to intervene and came to tell Jesus about it. Jesus answered rather unexpectedly because he said, what's that got to do with you and me? Many have wondered why he answered her that way, but you know it was probably a moment of teaching even for his mother, because from now on he would take only instructions from his heavenly father. For many years Mary had raised Jesus tenderly and he had been the model son in obedience. Yet now at the beginning of his earthly ministry that relationship was in change mode. He knew that he had come into the world to do the will of the Father. Only and even his own beloved mother had to become acutely aware of that fact. He was being adamant that he was listening to his father, and even from the age of 12 knew that he had to be about his father's business and under his control and guidance. I'm so glad, as I'm sure you are also, that the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the ones in perfect control and unity over us, individually and also the affairs of the world. We honor and appreciate and submit to those who have ruled over us, civil authorities and government, especially right now. In fact, our prayer should be, Lord, show them your power, show them your authority, and enable them with your wisdom to help steer our nation at this desperate time. As the body of Christ, we can and should be examples in this area, regardless of our political stripe. How reassuring that our lives are under His guardianship. 
the one who knows all and sees all. However, going on with the story, Mary seemed to have the inner knowing that Jesus was going to do something because she told the waiters, whatever he says to you, do it. And he did do something because he said to the waiters simply, fill the water pots with water. They did so, filling them up to the brim. As they drew out, they saw that they were in fact drawing out wine, not water. I can't help noticing the dignity of this miracle. There's no authoritative prayer, no command, no shouting, no touching, tasting, or checking the water to see if it had really changed. But as they drew out the wine, he said, go and show the head waiter. The other guests weren't even aware that a miracle had taken place. Therefore, there was no embarrassment to the family because of their lack. Jesus does all things well. And in this day of being ones who are sent, I so believe we are to take on his posture of humility. The major d' had a wine tasting and said to the bridegroom, everyone else serves the best wine first, but you have kept the best until the last. I'm sure even the groom was puzzled over that remark. There was also an abundance of wine, no lack. These water jars would have held 20 to 30 gallons, and there were six which would have resulted in 150 to 180 gallons of wine over the top provision. He is the God of abundance. Even when he fed the 5,000, there were over 12 baskets left over, ready to give to others who are hungry. He's a lavish God. He doesn't hold back his blessing. He doesn't hoard as we may do at times. Wine in God's word actually speaks of hearts which are rejoicing with unspeakable joy. An incident occurred in northern Italy in the last few weeks. In a particular community, when, res when residents turned on their taps, to their astonishment, wine came out mixed with the water. It was red in color. It was apparently a malfunction with a valve at a local winery causing 1,000 liters of ready-to-be-bottled wine to leak into the water supply. It lasted for three hours and impacted many homes. I'm sure it provided laughter and comic relief for many during the excruciating times they were experiencing. We can, however, experience something not just temporary, as this Italian story portrays, but our experience is to last for eternity. As our text today says, he has kept the best to the last. If we look at our world in these times, we could probably think, wow, things are bad. Plagues, earthquakes, wars, famine, fear, panic, greed, etc. But we can and should lift up our vision to see with a heavenly mindset what the Lord is doing on the earth. We are not living in days of judgment, as many keep saying, because the fact is we are still living in the days of His grace, where He wants to pour out His wonderful love on all mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the heart of God. The best, for example, is about to come in the bringing in of His mighty harvest into the kingdom. It will be a revival of the sort where all tribes and nations will run to the mercy seat and they will be welcomed by Jesus with open arms. Hallelujah, what wonderful grace. The fields are already white unto harvest. 
These are new wine days, the best wine. It is for this time that we as laborers have come into the kingdom. The account goes on to say that this miracle was to reveal his eternal glory, displaying his deity and his power openly. And from that moment on, his disciples believed in him as Messiah. This happening bred confidence into his followers. We too, as his followers today, can have that same confidence because we know that he has imparted to us of his divine nature. Be encouraged today that as we are in Christ, we are like those water jars that became full of the best wine. We are no longer empty jars merely dependent on material things such as possessions or careers or a vast amount of finances to give us a sense of well-being and safety. Because even as we are seeing in these days, those things can be here today but gone tomorrow. We have instead received the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And this wine isn't temporal, it is of eternal value. And this is what enables us to live lives of joy despite outward circumstances. Therefore, we can now be poured out into a broken world. Because Christ is in us, we can actually pour out His joy, gladness, and the hope that can only come from Him into others. It may be, as you are watching today, that you haven't as yet come into relationship and experienced His overwhelming love and grace. Maybe you have experienced religion, which, as in Jesus' day, didn't bring joy, only rules and hardships. But here's the good news. You can, even now, as you are listening, simply ask Jesus to come into your life. Tell Him you want to be in relationship with Him. He has come to forgive us from all sin and change our lives around. When this happens, you will no longer need to revisit past brokenness or be in continual regret over poor choices. When you experience His love and joy and forgiving grace, you will find what you have been searching for all your life. Finally, this first miracle was heralding what Jesus and His coming to earth was all about. He came to change everything. The religious of the day couldn't affect any change. They just kept laying onerous laws on people. Jesus, on the other hand, had come to change everything, beginning with water into wine. And let's know this wonderful fact that he's still changing things around. Here's just a short list. He changes sinners into saints, fear into courage, sorrow into joy, defeat into victory, unbelief into faith, indifference into love, and death into life eternal. So let me really encourage you today that in this day of fear and despair and discouragement all around, He is in control and He has kept the best until the last. May the Lord bless you and fill you continually with His new wine. Join me in prayer as we close. We thank you, Lord, that you are still changing lives from one of despair into hope. We thank you that you have changed our mourning attire into outfits of gladness. I pray for all our beloveds in Elam City Church. May we know that as Esther was told that she had come into the kingdom for such a time, that even we 
in our times have received your scepter outstretched to us. It's a scepter of salvation, healing, and deliverance. And we gladly take hold of it today. We pray that we may be a prepared people, fully awake and alert for the coming victory. We pray that many in our nation and around the world will at this time find you, the one who loves them with an everlasting love. And we say with complete confidence today, you have kept the best until the last. Amen. Remember, you are all greatly loved. May God bless you.